Support for WERU comes from Penelope Shar, MD, integrative medicine practice in Bangor, offering detoxification, intravenous vitamins, bioidentical hormone therapies, and more. On the web at optionsinhealing.com or 217-8878. The time is 10.02 and you are tuned to WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor and streaming online at WERU.org. Healthy Options with your host Andre Bella is up next. Hello, I'm Andre Bella, your host today for Healthy Options, a program about integrative health therapies. Today we'll be talking with Renee Christopher about the nature of sleep and dreams. This is a live call-in show, so we'll be opening up the phone lines at the half hour. That number is 866-625-9378. And we'll be giving you that number throughout the show. So just remember at the half hour, uh, we are streaming live and this is a call-in show. Um, So we're very happy to have Renee Christopher with us this morning. She studied DreamWork at the New England DreamWork Institute in Northfield, Massachusetts. She holds a BA from Goddard College, including studies in the science of sleep, DreamWork, and other healing modalities. Welcome, Renee. Hi. (laughs) Happy to be here. Well, considering that um, we all sleep um, and we spend a good percentage of our time. I'm an eight-hour sleeper, so that's probably a third of my life I spend sleeping and, I guess, dreaming. Seems like this is an interesting uh, topic for us to focus on. Uh, does, does everybody, I know I dream. Does everybody dream? Yes. Um, studies have shown <laughs> that everybody dreams, and um, not everybody remembers their dreams. So that's why it's often heard, oh, I don't dream. But you do dream. It's, it's just some people remember their dreams and some people don't. Or some people remember one dream in their whole lifetime. Um, are, are there ways to remember your dreams that make it easier to remember them? If we're all dreaming, but sometimes our, our recall isn't so good, is there other ways of doing that? Yeah, it's common that recall is not good. Um, that's, that's a very common thing, so you're not abnormal if you don't remember your dreams. The, a wonderful thing about honoring your dreams or starting to pay attention to them, that is, you know, just the normal thing of write, you know, t- writing them down, doing your best to keep a pen and piece of paper and a light and just being able to write them down, even if you only get a little bit of a fragment of a dream. But once you start doing that, you will start to remember your dreams more. Uh, sometimes reading about dreams will help you start remembering your dreams more. I mean, there's all sorts of um, visual techniques also that you can do before you go to sleep, or just intentions, mm-hmm. stating, you know, I will remember a dream tonight. <laughs> that works. That's that works. Yes. <laughs> That's good. And maybe, um, does it help if you wake up in the middle of the night and you have that piece of paper there to capture it? Absolutely. It yeah, because you're you're dreaming. The dreaming stage, or REM sleep, as um, we call it, is you have more of it toward the early um, toward morning. 
you're going to have more um, dream stage toward morning. So, and that's sometimes when people get woken up. So it's great if you, uh, you know, have a young baby at home, <laughs> you might remember your dreams more. <laughs> that's a good, a good point to make. Um, so are there certain stages of sleep? I know you've studied a lot about sleep. And, um, and are there stages that we go through in, a, in one particular night where it's different types of sleep? Yes, um, it's commonly known as four stages of sleep, although some will say there's five, you know, because they include the REM stage. But REM stage is actually part of stage one. So there's stage one non-REM, and um, where you do not have the rapid eye movement. There's stage two, um, you fall into a little bit of a deeper sleep. And then the two stages, three and four, are the delta wave stages. And those are the deeper sleep stages. Uh, that's where um, you get your really good deep rest. And then once you um, go through the, the four stages, you start coming back up out of that. And you go through stage four, down into stage four, about 90 minutes. Um, it takes about 90 minutes to do that cycle. You go from stage one down through to stage four and then back up. The first time you do that, you don't have the rapid eye movement or the typical, um, you, you sometimes do, I mean, a few minutes of it. When you go back down into stage four, you do the cycle again and come back up, then that's when you have your first dream state. Supposedly so that would state. be in the second 90-minute cycle of right. those stages. So so you're constantly going through these four stages in these 90-minute segments? Um, no, actually, the you only go through to stage four the two times, basically. And um, actually, stage four is very important for children because that's their growth hormone is secreted during that stage four, so they often get more stage four sleep. But adults, right, normal adults will not... Um, get have but two stage four sleep and then after that there's I think believe one more a stage three you go down into stage through three and then toward the morning you're really basically staying in stage one and two and then staying in REM sleep which is interesting because you go from stage one to, to um, stage one non-REM so where there's no rapid eye movements to rapid eye movements. And, that, and that's what REM means, rapid eye movement. Rapid eye mm -hmm. movement. And um, this, the, so toward the morning, say you went to bed at 11 and you're sleeping in, okay, you're, you know, it's 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, you're going to have dreams even in the non-REM sleep is what they've, they've shown, is that we have some type of dreaming within the stages, but when woken up, in you know researches, re, uh, research labs, sleep labs, when woken up during the stages, sometimes it's more like um, just images, or um, you know, it's not like the vivid dreaming that we have during the REM sleep. Now, if you were looking at somebody who was asleep, could you actually see that rapid eye movement? I mean, they had their eyes closed. I mean, is that a visual thing? Yes, you do see them. And in fact, when they were first studying this, they um, woke up someone that was having horizontal 
movements and said they were watching someone throwing tomatoes at each other. And one time a person was um, having specific vertical up and down movements and they were playing basketball. That's so interesting because I always assumed they were just horizontal movements. Yes, and but they're not. Yeah, and and studies have shown that that's not you know that's not always true. But I just find it interesting because they happen Very, to wake yeah. these you know these pe- people up during these specific movements yeah, that they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very interesting. So um, it seems like that REM sleep is really the time when we're actually doing the most dreaming, or at least the dreams that we remember the most? Yes, because that's um, when your body, basically, that's the time period when your your body is paralyzed. They call it muscle atonia. And so you're not moving. Um, your eyes are moving. You have few muscle twitches and things. Um, this is, they've shown through all their um, studies. But you you're pretty much paralyzed, so you don't, Act out your dream. I think that would be kind so of a, a scary a protective kind of a, a yes. <laughs> nature is protecting you so that if you think you're throwing a baseball, you won't really get up and do it. Yes, it's very <laughs> yes, it's very good that we all do not act out our dreams. Is there ever a time? To me, it sounds kind of scary to be paralyzed. Is there ever a time when a person could? wake up suddenly and not be able to move? There is something called sleep paralysis, and um, there are people that have experienced this throughout their life. It's not just, say, you know, when you're young or a child. Um, You can have it during adulthood, but right when you're coming through the state between um, sleeping and waking, you will feel like you wake up. There's different theories about that. It's very scary. Some people have really hallucinatory visions. Um, it's been talked about for centuries. So if you look up even Google images and you put in sleep paralysis, there's some scary images on Google. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. um, it was just. Are are they scary because the person's dreaming that, or are they scary because the person's waking up and realizing they're paralyzed. It's kind of a combination, I think, because the hypnagogic state, which is the beginning, um, the first kind of state that you go into right before um, you go to sleep, you have images, you have quick kind of hallucinatory images that come. So it also happens at the hypnopompic state at the end of the sleep cycle. When you wake up, you'll have these kind of visual or these images. And, yeah, it can be scary. So maybe if we know that's just a natural transition that we're going through, if that happens to us, we maybe can just kind of chill out and say, it's, yes. a, it's okay, <laughs> this is normal, everybody goes through this? Yes. Um, I went, when I went to a workshop... Uh, a couple of years ago, Ryan Hurd wrote a book about sleep paralysis. I have a nice signed copy, but I'm afraid to read it. <laughs> but now I'm really t- curious. I want to go to Google and look up <laughs> sleep paralysis. And um, he, uh, yeah, and his even his book cover is kind of scary. But he talked about it. He's had it since childhood and talked a lot about it. And yes, learned to calm himself 
and realize it's a passing thing. It 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 doesn't last very long. You know, mm-hmm. I think a minute or less. Maybe it lasts. You know, I, ha- I like I said, I have not read. <laughs> well, that would be a really valuable thing uh, for anybody listening. If you happen to have this particular issue and you're worried about it or it's scary for you, um, from what Renee is telling us, it's really not something abnormal. It's something that probably everybody experiences some degree, and and you don't have to be afraid of it. I imagine if you can just calm yourself and wait thirty seconds or a minute or something, it probably right. passes. Yeah, it does. You're passing into another stage. Right. And you're fully waking up and your body's coming to being able to move. Yes. Right. And maybe that's just what you need to tell yourself. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, If you've just tuned into Healthy Options this morning, we're speaking with Renee Christopher about the nature of sleep and dreams. And, of course, this is your community radio station, WERU, 89.9 Blue Hill, and 99.9 Bangor, streaming online at WERU.org. And I just want to remind everybody that this is a live call-in show with Renee. And in another 15 minutes, we'll be opening up the phone lines. That number is 866-625-9378. Well, this is totally fascinating. Um, what are what are the benefits? Why should we even be talking about dreams they are interesting they're fascinating how did how does studying them help us physically and mentally or that's kind of the same thing in my book but what are the benefits of understanding your dreams or looking at them well there's lots of benefits um our dreams often are about uh the unconscious and i say often because there are premonition dreams there are different really different types of dreams out there but that people can have but often there we're we're delving into our unconscious and it's telling us something and if we're able to look at our dreams or if we're able to write it down maybe even give our dream a title sometimes even if we do that we'll see a shift and change in our awareness of who we are because often, you know, as we grow up, we have authority figures, teachers, parents, things that tell us who we are and um, kind of mold us to that. But our dreams will often give us the gifts and also some of the shadow type of things that, you know, oh, we're not the jealous type, but our dreams will <laughs> tell us that we are. And, you know, recognizing those things helps us integrate ourselves. And, and as Young, uh, Carl Jung talked about becoming whole, sort of helping us with our individuation and, and becoming whole as a person. So it's my understanding that your unconscious mind never lies to you it, it, your conscious <laughs> mind lies to you all the time it tells you exactly what you want to hear but your unconscious mind is like I think of it sometimes as being the very best friend you could ever have the friend you can trust that's always looking out for your own welfare um, the friend that will remind you of all the wonderful joyous times in your life but the friend that isn't afraid to confront you with the things that you really really need to look at even if they're scary yes that's a very nice way of putting it, on. <laughs> well, that's how I like to think about it. So it would make this such a valuable tool for all of us to know more about our dreams. It's almost like our best friend is knocking on the door saying, hey, you know, there's, there's things we need to talk about. There's things you need to know. There's things um, you need to make part, part of your life. Um, 
how how does one go about figuring out what the dreams mean? Yeah, dreams. It's very interesting because um, the two modulators, serotonin and nora eper. <laughs> You're beyond me, so (laughs) whatever. No, it is actually a common term. Uh, Not common, but um, those two things that are logical and reasoning are are turned off. Those neuromodulators are turned off. And the acetylcholine is turned on, which is a free association neuromodulator, and it's just really active during dream, during REM sleep. It's So we really have this, like totally creative uh, theater going on. We're the director, we're the producer, we're the actor, we're the writer of this dream stage. And there's no time and space. So yes, we can jump 200 feet if we so choose or fly off a building, whatever. You know, there's there's nothing that, that is stopping us. And it's it's a fascinating thing because... There's so much that we can learn from it, not just about ourselves, our unconscious selves, but creative solutions. We can use dreams to solve problems. Um, aren't there aren't there cases of famous people uh, that we all know who have gotten their inspirations from dreams? I think in that Jeremy Taylor book, he talks about Mozart and Beethoven and the guy who... Um, uh, discovered the periodic table or figured out how to organize the periodic table. Um, So how, how are, I know you're saying there are many different kinds of dreams. So are there dreams that um, give us access to our our creativity or how does that work? Absolutely. Because those, um, what those parameters that we have that we put upon ourselves during um, waking time. Our culture is full of those. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're gone yeah. when you're sleeping. And um, and it's it's really amazing. I like the Paul McCartney uh, one where he had this beautiful music coming, this whole symphony he heard in his sleep. And he woke up and he played it. He thought for sure that it was something he had heard already. And he played it for other people and like, have you heard this tune? Have you heard this tune? And he, there, because he couldn't take it as his own because if it was somebody else's, obviously, and no one had heard it. And that's yesterday. Or is that the song? Yeah. 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 So that, that came <laughs> yes. from his dream state. Yes. And a lot of musicians, a lot of mm-hmm. creativity and creative people have um, inspiration from their dreams. Elias Howe, this one is talked about often, he is the maker of the sewing machine, and he couldn't figure out how to um, get the needle to, you know, pick up the thread as it went through. Mm -hmm. He had a nightmare, really, about uh, these savages coming after him, and they had, and he just noticed as they were, like, bringing him to his death, basically, is that the end of their spear, it had a little hole and oh, he woke up and he was like, oh. So he was basically putting the hole, which normal would be on one end, to the other end and uh-huh. created uh, the sewing machine. And that's how it worked. 
So it's, but there's, there's, there's a whole book, which I just actually ordered because I have not had it about creativity and the connections and how many people, um, have done, you know. Yeah. Are there, are there books about dreams that you would recommend that people read? I mean, you, I know you've read probably hundreds. (laughs) Well, I don't know if I read hundreds, but I do have like 50 plus in my collection. Yeah. Um, there, there are so many. It depends on how deep someone wants to get into dreams. One of the ones that we used at the dream school that we recommended was um, the, gosh, I always um, murder the title. Let me see. The Mystical, Magical, Marvelous World of Dreams. That's a great title. It's a great title. <laughs> but, you know, I can mix up the words and everything. Nineteen. It was um, Wilda uh, B. Tanner. It was written in 1988. What I really like about this, it is a dream dictionary, but as dream dictionaries, uh, it's not, well, this is set in stone and this is what this symbol means. Dream dictionaries have been around for hundreds of years and a lot of them were connected to, you know, omens. The dream dictionaries now that you want to be careful of are the ones that set things in stone and say, well, you know, a house means this or you know, a dog means this, and it's not true. The dreams are, are individual to the makers. So so how, what's the process that, um, and, and I also want to talk about groups, uh, dream groups, dream interpretation groups, but what's the process of interpreting a dream? How, how do we go about doing that? There, well, there's many processes. In, in this particular book, she does give a great way of doing it, um, just... Uh, Writing down the dream, of course, is one of the most important things. It's amazing how much you can forget, even if you think you're going to remember it. Uh, we really have a very short window of time, by the way, to remember a dream. We will remember a dream if we see something during the day. It'll come back to us that we had forgotten. Uh, but typically, eight to ten minutes we have from waking up from that dream. Well, I know sometimes if I wake up in the middle of the night, and I don't write it down, and I say, okay, I'll do it first thing in the morning, it's it's already gone. Yes, definitely. Or if I wake up in the morning and say, well, I'll just brush my teeth, and then I'll write it down, it's gone. But I have had that feeling of getting flashes of those dreams, usually visual flashes during the day, but I can't really quite quite recapture that. Right, it's exactly. And that's why we're just, our, our, we easily can forget them. I used to do this thing, too. I'd I'd write down the dream, and then in the left-hand margin, I would write the major emotion of that dream. Perfect. Um, Because (laughs) that gave me some kind of anchor to come back to, and in my own interpretation, I would know that that was an important part to focus on what the emotion emotion was. Absolutely. And in some... um, some therapists work, that's what they work with. It's just the emotion. Or the two um, opposite emotions. Sometimes there's people that work just with that in a dream. You can work with the symbols in the dream. Uh, Jeremy Taylor, in his book, he talks about writing... uh, So writing your dream down, but then inserting part of me in front of every symbol. It's a rock, part of me. You know, it's, you know, your aunt Tony or something, part of me. Because 
that's often what it is. I mean, we will tend, we can dream about people, and that truly means them, but they're usually really people that are close to us. If we're dreaming about our neighbor, it's often a part of ourselves. That's what uh, Carl Jung brought out, and, um, it, you know, it's just that neighbor part of ourselves or some that's close by because <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that's close, uh, the nature. So that's one of one of the techniques is kind now, of putting now that what about um, talking about our dreams with other people. I mean, on the one hand, it sounds like a great idea, but on the other hand, I wouldn't want to have somebody else telling me what my dream means. I mean, are there benefits to working with a group and if you, or just telling a friend? And if you, are there certain kind of rules that if you're in a group, uh, you need to honor in order to have the person feel that they've gotten a, a good interpretation of the, or they've been able to, I think as Jeremy Taylor says, had that aha moment right? about what the dream means to them? Yes. I recommend, they call them dream partners. Um, if you've got somebody you can tell, just telling your dream, just saying it out loud and hearing it sometimes is very beneficial. Writing it down and giving it a title is very beneficial. Mm-hmm. Putting the feeling down after you've written the dream, uh, putting the feeling down, very beneficial. Dream groups, if it were my dream, is the classic line in a dream group because it's a very safe way. The dream is very personal to the dreamer. And if you're working in a dream group, uh, Montague Ullman and Jeremy Taylor both are the are the dream group gurus of the dream world and talk about uh, starting to talk about the dream if it were my dream using that uh, first sentence and then going into your particular associations to that dream. Not about the dreamer, not associating what you think the dream, it might mean for the dreamer. It's about you. Yeah, I I think that would be really beneficial, especially if your dream partner or the group that you're in, let's say your dream partner, you probably know a lot about that person and and you don't really you really don't want to infringe upon their interpretation. So I I think what you're saying is then you say, well, if I had this dream, this is what it would mean to me. And letting the actual dreamer be the only one that really says what the dream's about. Correct, yes. And you can be in a dream group, and it's once you've stayed, you know, talked to, say you're the dreamer um, for that week or month or whatever, and you just state your dream, and then they work with the dream without looking at you. That's one of the most important things. Really? That's yeah. interesting. And, um, and so, you can so say So what's some... the idea? What, what's the purpose between behind not looking at the person, at the dreamer? I assume not making eye contact. Right, right. You could talk, make eye contact with the other people. It's just for safety. It's for um, a dream can have potential, very, very unconscious things are coming up in a dream. And we need to be gentle with the person and um, give them a feeling of safety by not looking at them. You know, that, and when the dream is done, you know, when everyone's gone around and said, if it were my dream, I feel it would be this, then the person can comment or they, they don't have to comment at all. And so is it kind of like end. all the people in the group are throwing ideas out 
on the table and the dreamer has the option of uh, using, using those ideas to spark something in themselves, to help them recognize something in themselves without any obligation to respond or, uh, or, or feel pressured to, uh, to take that interpretation as their own. So it's a, it's, a pa- it's a personal power thing, I think, that, that I could say. Or maybe I should say empowering thing. Yes. The dreamer a- is always in charge. Correct. That's perfect. (laughs) Perfect way to put it. Yes. Right. 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 Yeah. Perfect way to put it. It's absolutely amazing what a dream dream group can do for your own dream, and also while you're working with someone else's dream. I mean, I've gotten some ahas from other people's dream because we're all humans. So we, you know, we have same symbols. Yes, we have different associations, but you know, we still know what a chair is and you know what it does. So it's it's just interesting. It's well, really I, interesting. I guess all our uh, perspectives are totally different. There's no real reality out there. It's it's all in your perception and the things that are you're going to interpret something totally differently than than someone else. So I can certainly see there could be benefit from working on somebody else's dream for yourself. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's yeah. always been fascinating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this is your community radio station WERU 89.9 Blue Hill and 99.9 in Bangor streaming online live today um, WERU.org and this is Healthy Options. We're talking with Renee Christopher this morning about the nature of sleep and dreams. Um, this is a live call-in show and it is a half hour, so we're going to be opening up the phone lines for your questions and comments. That number is 866-625-9378. So please call us and uh, ask Renee anything you like. If you've got comments, if you've got questions about your own dreams or how to interpret dreams, um, just give us a call. I I wanted to also ask Renee about lucid dreaming. What's that? That is when you are aware that you are dreaming. It's pretty fascinating. You can teach yourself to lucid dream. I have not taught myself. I've had some lucid dreams, but I've not specifically tried to teach myself to lucid dream. But there is Stephen LeBurge, I think that's how you say his last name, has done a great deal of study on lucid dreaming, the uh, research on it. And... Um, and it's fascinating. It's very fascinating for someone. They were able to have someone that was under uh, sleeping and signal them on the outside world that they know that they're dreaming, which is really fascinating. That is fascinating. Because <laughs> it's like yeah. another world. You're unconscious, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. you know, you're able to talk, you know, so to speak, with, with people on the outside world. So, so the information that you would if you're aware that you're dreaming in a lucid dream, can you consciously ask yourself or your unconscious mind questions during lucid dreaming? Yes, you could. And you could you could ask for what does that symbol mean? Um, I remember doing that in a what I call a semi-lucid dream. Like I know I'm dreaming, but I'm not exactly controlling the dream. And I don't know if that's really a scientific term, semi-lucid, but we did use it in school. And, um, you know, I asked the dresser, what's it trying to tell me? 
I think I kicked it a few times, too. <laughs> I don't know why. I think I was angry in the dream. That wasn't part of the control. That's why I said it's semi-lucid. <laughs> but um, people have worked with nightmares, um, people chasing them, and taught themselves. Um, in waking, you can teach yourself to, to remind yourself you're dreaming and to stop and look at whatever is chasing you. Okay, now when somebody has a nightmare, a really scary dream, and let's say they have it over and over again, is it is it possible by in a waking state with your dream partner or by yourself or with a group to um, interpret that dream and then either change the dream or have the nightmare go away? Yes, I mean, people have done that with lucid dreaming, teaching themselves, you know, during waking to to remember that you're dreaming. And then once they've they're lucid, they can, you know, get the person, you know, get the person to stop chasing them. Um, They can figure out who it is. Sometimes it's the mother in law. That's what I was thinking. If if we could go back to figuring out why this thing was scary, because I think I read in one of the books it talked about. Um, uh, someone had had a very um, physically abusive father and so he would constantly have this dream and he didn't know that it was connected to his childhood but of this big scary man chasing him all the time Mm -hmm. and he was always reliving it as though he was a five year old child being chased by this adult so is there uh, value in in looking at those dreams and and seeing where they come from and maybe having a different perception of you know what happened what happened to you at the time if you don't want to I mean I know people that have nightmares it's a terror it's a terrible thing especially if it's a reoccurring nightmare so is it is it possible through dream work to to do something about that yes um there there are nightmares that are um just basically telling us that we're fearful at that moment or anxiety the reoccurring ones were fearful they come they often do come from a childhood event you know that happened um working with them yes it's helpful there's also the reoccurring dreams that are process based they they help us they shift and change a little bit the theme is the same but they will shift and change to give us show us progress with um, nightmares like someone chasing, if you're able to get lucid and and you know turn around and and look at the person, that self awareness sometimes that, that would alone, take a lot of courage. It takes a lot. Because somebody's of courage. chasing you means you would have to stop. You'd which, have you to know, stop. Which is, means that the person might catch you, which is what you don't want to happen. Right. But that would take a lot of courage. Yeah. Right. And just sometimes that process of that courage gives you the courage in waking life the, pro- the the ability to do that and shift and change that nightmare shifts and changes your psyche in waking life that's very interesting that's very powerful to know that we can do that yeah it is very powerful mm-hmm. it's very it's very very interesting so the dreaming is is a fascinating thing <laughs> well it sounds like the more we honor these dreams and the more we pay attention to them um the more useful, the more useful they become as tools for ourselves. Right, definitely. Working through our issues or problems or, you know, whatever. 
Yes. I mean, the more we become self-aware, aware of, uh, of who we are, it's just, it, it's, it's kind of, a, it'll just take, kind of take over <laughs> and just understanding. And, and again, like I said, just even writing down those dreams and um, being aware of that fact and honoring the dream whether you have, you know, I remember honoring a dream by buying a heart necklace. You know, sometimes you can oh, honor yeah. a dream by doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wearing a particular shirt in a dream, and I felt it was a very important dream, and I wore that shirt that day. <laughs> so that's a symbol, I guess, that would remind you constantly right. of what Rem- that the value of that dream. Yes, exactly. There could be a wonderful, grateful piece in there too, being grateful right, yes. for having this message delivered to you that was helpful. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, we're on Healthy Options talking to Renee Christopher about the nature of sleep and dreams. And this is a live call-in show. So please do call us with your questions and comments for Renee. That number is 866-625- 9378. Um, Renee, I'd also like to uh, give you the opportunity to give us some of your contact information and tell us about some of the classes that you teach. Yes, I'll be teaching um, the next class, which is tomorrow at Waterfall Arts. And this one is about dreams, introduction to dreams and dream work. And I'll be uh, giving some techniques on how to work with your dreams at home. There's several ideas out there, and so it'll be kind of, um, and we'll we'll talk about dreams more. And how do people um, get in touch with you about that? Can they? That's Waterfall Arts in Belfast. Waterfall Arts in Belfast. And, and do people contact you first, or can they just show up at the door? They can just show up at the door. What time? And it's at 7 p.m. Okay. tomorrow night and they can also email me if they want to know I have some more information about that class okay. you and want to give your email address it's seriadream at ymail.com and that's s-e-r-i-a dream d-r-e-a-m at ymail so you have that class tomorrow night and then is there another one after that after that there is creativity and dreams and this is a very experiential class will be working with a dream it would be requiring you to bring a dream with you whether it be a childhood dream you'd like to work with or a more recent dream and we would be uh just basically initially talking about creativity and dreams and then we'll be going into working with them whether we write a poem or some prose about the dream or we do some artwork i'll have all sorts of art media there that we can work with a dream and then if people want to share they can about their experience of working with a dream through a very non-linear process like writing dreams down is very we we want to put everything in a narrative form and it doesn't you know have to be in a narrative form at all just give give those two the names of those two classes and where they are and what time one more time for people uh introduction to dream dreams and dream work and that's november 5th at 7 p.m. in Waterfall Arts and the following week is November 12th and that is again 7 p.m. at Waterfall Arts and that's Creativity and Dreams. And give your uh, email address one more time so people can 
This is Waterfall Arts in Belfast. And give your uh, email address one more time. It's Syria Dream, S-E-R-I-A, dream, at ymail.com. Great. Thanks. Um, I want to ask another question, and that is about um, whether these stages of sleep that we talked about at the beginning of the show, do, do they change with age? In other words, are they different, let's say, for infants uh, or teenagers or older people? Do they change or does it stay the same your whole life long? No, it's it does change. Um, they realize the dream sleep rapid eye movement in newborns uh, is about 50%. We sp- uh, newborns spend about 50%. If it's a premature baby, it's 70 to 80% in that type of um, dream, in that dream stage. So they dream more? Yes, they are. Yes, and they think okay. that it's the neural, you know, connections are being made at that time. That's really very important part of mm-hmm. sleep. As we get older, um, again, well, children spend more time in stage four sleep in the deeper sleep but as we get older normal adults will spend about 20 percent of their time 20 to 25 percent of their time in the dream state of so as we're getting older we're really spending less time actually in the dream elderly people spend yeah less time in the the dream state yeah Mm -hmm. 15 15 percent does that does that mean that people need less sleep? I mean, do infants need more sleep because they have a longer dream cycle? And maybe is it physical growth as well? Yes, it's physical. Physical. It has to do with physical growth. Teenagers need a lot of sleep. They really should get eight to ten hours of sleep. And they, they will tend to sleep later in the morning. And that's just natural. Uh, as people get older, um, they sleep less, they wake up a little bit more, which, you know, um, means that they will be nap time during the day. (laughs) Grandpa falling asleep. No, I didn't fall asleep. (laughs) Yes, you did. But overall, do older people need less sleep? Yes, they absolutely, yeah. They, They don't need as much, or they won't sleep as much as when they were younger. And I remember years ago, like that, I don't know, 20 or 30 years ago, I tried to exist on less sleep because I always seemed to be a person that needed like eight hours of sleep every night. And I had some friends who could get by with five and six, and I thought, how efficient. I (laughs) I want to be able to do that. I could get so much more accomplished. And I tried it, and it just made me really grouchy. I wasn't a nice person to live with. So I decided not not to do that. But I, I do feel that as I'm getting older, I need maybe a little less sleep than I did when I was younger. Um, what about insomnia? Is that, is that, how is that related? Is it related to dreaming or these dream stages? Well, insomnia, I don't know a great deal about insomnia. I did suffer from it when I was a child and um, later in adult life. And it does affect, it affect you absolutely in terms of um, your well-being. In fact, there is a um, people who don't sleep at all. There is a genetic called fatal. There are people who don't sleep at all. Oh, we're going to take a little break here because we have a caller. This is Kevin from Rockland. Kevin, are you there? I am. Yes, ah, I am. Go right ahead. 
Hello, how are you folks today? Great, okay. thanks for calling. Thanks for taking my call as well. I'm very much interested in dream work. Excuse me, I'm repeating myself because I'm having a beep coming in on call waiting. I am, oh, I get excited about dream work. I've experienced it in the past with a workshop, and I found it to be fantastic. Great revealing and therapeutic as well. Are you getting that? Yes. yes. Yeah, okay, great. I have a recurring dream since adolescent age or so, and I haven't had it in some years, but what it, it still bothers me. And what it is about is I would be in a fist fight and I was not able to defend myself. I just swing a punch as fast as hard as I could and it just did not have any effect at all to defend myself. Interesting. And, um, is this appropriate for what's calling in right now? Is it, are we doing any kind of... Well, the dream is uh, dreams are very specific to the to the person, but um, you know, anxiety dreams like that, your 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 sense of well being or or power in or not being empowered is um, it seems to be the theme. Wouldn't you Wouldn't you say? Right, right. I agree. Just if you haven't had the dream in a while sounds like you've gotten you've got more of your power <laughs> yes I have in some ways I still have a lot way, a long way to go with that also I have taken on um, men's initiation weekend trainings and gotten involved in their programs over the past 15 years it's just fantastic it brings a whole new light and meaning to life oh that's great that sounds wonderful it is, and that's what's led me into learning about dream work and through a co-ed workshop well. Yeah, it, it, dream work is amazing. It's very um, personal to the, to the person and, you know, connecting that feeling that you have in the dream to waking life is when is what's the most helpful thing and brings your awareness to maybe the situation where you're not feeling empowered. You're, you would like to take the swing <laughs> and like to reach the goal um, and it's not happening. So, yeah, it's, I, I highly recommend you keep looking toward working with dreams and taking more uh, courses and classes. Yeah, I need to get back involved in that. I want to as well. And I also want to say that I had a very disturbing dream two or three nights ago in which I was in a room and I witnessed two men noticing that their two friends were outside the room being shot to death. And then they got shot to death right in front of them. I was watching this whole thing go on. It, was just, it woke me up out of a sound sleep, of course. And it's uh, still resonating with me. And again, I was powerless there too to do anything about it. I was unarmed and could not do anything. And the uh, the state that I was in in the dream, I was not in danger of being shot either. I was just watching this whole thing go on, different on another uh, level of plane. Yeah. So so um, similar in some ways to that feeling of not being 
uh, in power. And um, it, we, it, it, is, it is amazing at some of the, um, what our psyche can do with dreams, just having uh, the ability to balance us out, sometimes if we're not feeling strong and um, it, it, you know, bringing that to light is helpful. Right, right. That makes sense. So what I'm getting now from your conversation is that I am still having a sense of uh, disempowerment and that dreaming is Psyche's way of bringing it to the light so I can get more in tune to it, more realizing it. That sounds like, yeah, that sounds um, like you've got it. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Kevin, thank, thanks very much for calling. We have another caller on the line, um, and this is Susan from Northport. Are you there, Susan? Hi, Andre and Renee. <laughs> Hi. Um, I just thought I'd share this thing that I thought was kind of amazing. It didn't, it, um, so when my son was in high school, he had made a decision about something, and then he was just wondering if he should do it, change his mind, whatever, and the time came when... You know, he. I, I needed to know the answer um, by the next day, and I said, you know, I need to know tomorrow morning what what it is you're going to do. And he got up in the morning, and I said, so wh- which is it? What are you going to do? And he said, well, I didn't dream anything to change my decision that I made originally, so I guess that's what I'll do. <laughs> and I, I just, I thought to myself, well. That's an interesting way to solve the problem, but if it works for him, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was obviously in tune with his dreams. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, I guess I could talk to him about it now because it's been several years, but I just I just thought, you know, I, I wonder, you know, I, I, I mean, and he didn't, he said it just so, so casually, like, oh, I just stepped outside and it's raining, so be sure to bring your umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> and how old was he? When he had this he, deep he was perception. probably about 17. <laughs> well, so, that's great. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I mean, to me, that was just like, God, what a what a great solution to, you know, <laughs> the dilemma of trying to decide something. <laughs> so. well, I, I can certainly learn from, from you sharing that story. Thank you. Thank you. That's it. Thank you. Thanks, Susan. Thanks, Susan. Thanks. Um, just reminding you, we probably have time for uh, one more or two more questions. This is a live call-in show about sleep and dreams with Renee Christopher, and the number is 866-625-9378. A couple of other things I just wanted to talk about, and um, are there outside influences that affect our dreams, like especially if we've taken uh, any kind of drugs? D- does that affect your dreams or shut them down or I don't know does that have an influence on your dreams yes drugs do alcohol especially um, heavy alcohol drinking uh, that will decrease your REM sleep and um, barbiturates will also decrease REM sleep Um, nicotine patches melatonin that increases vividness of dreams. Mm. In fact, I mm-hmm. think they were starting to put warnings on, on them as actually because really? it was causing yeah. that. Interesting. Um, SSRIs like Prozac, Paxil, Zoloft, um, those um, will 
cause vividness during non-REM sleep. But if you stop taking them, which they recommend only under doctor's, you know, watchfulness is you'll have a rebound of REM sleep. So you're going to have lots of dreaming and vividness in when your you dream. When you stop taking when those When you stop taking drugs. them, yes. So they do affect you whether you're taking them or when you, when you stop taking them. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a variety of things. And then, you know, experiments have been done about um, things outside of your control that may, to see whether um, they will have any effect on you, like spraying water on you. They did all sorts of experiments, yeah. you know, to putting a blood, blood, blood pressure cuff on someone and seeing if they'll have dreams about pressure in their arm. It's pretty fascinating. And, uh, and did that have an and effect sometimes, on the dreams? Yes, it, it does. You know, not all the time, but yes, sometimes people will describe dreams about, oh, it's raining outside. <laughs> when they, <laughs> they got sprayed, sprayed water. water on them. Well, um, what about, um, you know, I, I try not to watch, a, well, I don't really like scary movies, but I try not to watch a scary movie before I go to sleep at night because I'm afraid I'll dream scary stuff. Is there yes. a relationship between what you are thinking about right before you go to sleep? And, and if there is, can you actually use that to your benefit? Oh, I, had, I hadn't thought about that. Well, <laughs> I, I was like, it was on, on the, the positive negative. side, since yes. I gave you a negative example. <laughs> yes, well, they did, do, they did test subjects. They, they did um, have them watch scary type of dreams or just, you know... Um, not like horror movies, but just, you know, movies, graphic movies, and to test to see what happened. And, and what they found is that the early part of the, the night, the dreams would reflect that, you know, what was in it, and but not toward the end. So it seemed like we would work so it out of our of system. Carry over into sleep. Yeah, I think whatever okay. we have going on right before we go to sleep, you know, uh, correlate. Yeah, gets brought into that. Yeah. Now, I think I've heard you talk about um, setting an intention for yourself before you go to sleep. About your, how does that work? Um, well, it depends. I mean, if you're looking to solve a problem, I mean, if you're yeah. looking to remember dreams, yes, you set an intention to you know. Oh, but what I about solve a dream. problem? Like but if that. you want to <laughs> solve a problem, then you try to keep the question as simple as possible, and. Um, and, and and you just write it down. You can stick it under your pillow if you so choose. And, you know, and you just work with the dreams to s- and see if it helps solve that. Work with the dreams. <laughs> I, I like it. I want to learn more, lots more. We've been talking with uh, Renee Christopher this morning about the nature of sleep and dreams. And, Renee, would you like to, uh, well, I guess we're out of time this morning. <laughs> I hope that you will all uh, join us. We have a little bit more time. Give your website one more time. Okay. And people can contact you. They can contact me at Syria Dream, S-E-R-I-A Dream at ymail.com. Ah. Well, it's the end of our show for this morning. A great subject. Thank you, Renee, for being here. And uh, thank you for Amy for being our station engineer. And I hope that you will all stay very, very healthy and join us again next month, the first Wednesday of every month at 10 o'clock for Healthy Options. I'm Andre Bella. Thanks for listening.